Hey there, it's the September 25th edition of Three Songs Podcast. This is Mike Hogan here with my buddy, Mr. Bob Nastanovich. Welcome, Bob. Here we are on the Three Songs. Yeah. Three Songs. This three is Songs each. The episode seven, I believe. Seven episodes so far. Ooh. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to do something a little different tonight. I got a theme. You don't. That's cool. You know, we each bring three songs in case you're not familiar with the, the format. We each bring three songs. We play them. We talk about them. We hopefully share things that, you know, I'm sharing things you haven't heard. You're sharing things I haven't heard. We're learning. You guys yeah, listening Yeah, we stand to be learning. corrected, too. Yeah. Like a few, like a... Thank goodness we've got enthusiastic, enthusiastic listeners who've decided to correct us at times. I right. like that. Right. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes we get we it wrong. We do not know anywhere close to yeah. everything. This is a music playing. listening show. This is not a music mm-hmm. history show. So sometimes we get the history yeah. part wrong. But uh, but yeah, I got a theme tonight. Uh, okay. And, it, you know, I, I think because of all the stuff that's been going on recently with, you know, some of the protests in the NFL and what our president has been saying about that and uh, the national anthem, as well as it's the 60th anniversary of the Little Rock Nine, which was the integration of uh, Little Rock High Schools in 1957. It's today, September 25th, 60th anniversary of that. Um, I just felt like it made sense to do three songs that were protest songs. So that's what I'm bringing tonight. And, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of really good protest songs in American history, but, you know, American music as well as I'm actually going to play one from uh, Britain and... I actually tweeted out from the Three Songs Pod Twitter account uh, another song that I would have played, but I didn't have the chance to, by The Equals, uh, a great, great song called Black Skin, Blue Eyed Boys. And equals are known for two things. The Equals are known for the first band of Eddie Grant, who, of course, went on to have a hit with uh, Electric Avenue, but they're also known for being... Ooh, I love that song. That's a good song. That's a really good song. And the other thing, and we we were talking about this before the show, and this might be a a theme coming up, is is original songs by bands that you didn't know were covers. And the Equals did the original of Police on My Back, which was later, of course, covered by The Clash on Sandinista. Another great protest song. So the Equals... The Clash had tons of them. They did. They really did. Um, they had tons of protest songs. They had tons of covers that uh, of songs that you probably never heard the original of. So uh, I think they're probably great protest songs of been written in every country where songs have ever been made so we're right. talking about the essentially the entire world right right yeah so the the first one that i'm going to lead off with tonight is is probably one of the most famous protest songs um I, maybe it is maybe it is maybe it isn't it was this was written and recorded in 1964 and it was based on um uh the bombings in uh i believe in alabama uh where four little girls were killed also based on the killing of medgar evers uh and yeah so you know serious serious stuff uh this is nina simone 
we'll talk about it after, but let's, let's listen to it first. Yeah. This, is, this is Nina Simone doing um, her, you know, I would say this is her kind of her defining song, at least as far as I think of Nina. Uh, and, and she recorded this in what year? 1964. This is from a live album in it recorded at Carnegie Hall, and it's called Mississippi Goddamn. Take it away, Nina. Hit us, Hit us Mikey G. The name of this tune is Mississippi Goddamn. And I mean every word of it. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest. And everybody knows about Mississippi Goddamn. Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows about Mississippi Goddamn Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? It's all in the air I can't stand the pressure much longer Somebody say a prayer Alabama's got me so upset Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows about But the show hasn't been written for it yet <laughs> Hound dogs on my trail School children sitting in jail Black cat cross my path I think every day is gonna be my last mercy on this land of mine we all gonna get it in due time i don't belong here i don't belong there i've even stopped believing in prayer don't tell me i'll tell you me and my people just about do i've been there so i know Keep on saying, go slow. But that's just the trouble. Washing the windows. Picking the cotton. You're just plain rotten. Try to say it's a communist plot All I want is equality For my sister, my brother My people and me Yes, you lied to me all these years You told me to wash and clean my ears And talk real fine just like a lady And you'd stop calling me Sister Sadie 
Bob, what do you think? So I kind of hated that you cut that off because I sure as hell would have liked to heard the next one. Sounds like they were just kicking it into high gear. Where was that recorded, I wonder? That was in, at Carnegie Hall, and that was the last song on her In Concert LP from 1964, which is, I mean, the amazing thing to me about that record and that show was... It was essentially a straight jazz show. I mean, it was like she's doing real straight renditions of songs from Porgy and Bess and some of her other songs from her catalog, which, you know, she'd, she'd been a recording artist for five or six years at that point. People came to see her knowing the music. She was a she, kid then. She was a preacher's daughter from North Carolina. She was. She was a kid, but she was a very straight uh, jazz singer. And... Um, she was not an activist at all. And then all of a sudden, I think she was inspired by these events. They made her just change who she was as a recording artist and made her feel like she had to say something and write something about what was going on in the world. And so that album, the In Concert, 1964, Carnegie Hall, it's a mix of, of her previous stuff. And then she ends the show with that. She drops that on um, probably at the time in New York in 1964, going to see, it was probably a pretty white audience. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> and, and you know, they released that as a single. Phillips put it out as a single. It was, uh, let's just say, certain it was banned in certain states and you know they uh, word is that they sent it to radio stations and they got boxes of the records back you know shipped back broken in half you know i mean this was like some serious serious stuff and and i think after that she had a really really hard time i mean she was she We've was, come a long way since then, so let's not go back. Well, right, exactly. But she was <laughs> she was a black artist singing for mostly white audiences, and then she drops that record, which was, you know, you don't have to live next to me, just give me my equality. Like, I mean, that's the sort of stuff that was not happening in music in 1964. That's brilliant, man. So, yeah. Uh, love that song. That's an American patriot. It is, and it's just, and it's a great song, too. I mean, regardless of the message, you know, uh, 
it's just it's a very very well written song i love that song yeah, I, I i i agree but i think the message is like you know well I, yeah you, 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 you can't you, you can't discount the message and and you mentioned the end the band was getting into it uh you know that was that was uh they were going into a cover of um little miles davis there too so did they yeah that was i mean but that's how it ended you know and the album unfortunately fades i mean i think that was just the outro music that they were playing when she left the stage yeah but good stuff i love that hell of, an, hell of a night hell of a night in carnegie hall yeah yeah all right another well, one of those wish we would have been there moments mike thanks yeah. for providing us with another one well it was um you know i mean you're old and i'm old but it was before either of us were born so at ah, least no, we have that as an excuse years of full-time life experience that's my right man. yeah but you know we weren't alive when that was recorded so we, we at least have an excuse yeah we do yep <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to play a Thin White Rope song. Thin White Rope's a band from Davis, California. They're on Frontier Records. They made five records starting in like their early 80s. This is actually on their last release, The Ruby Sea. And it's a band that I got to see four or five times in, in the late 80s. And I was just like, why isn't... It's what it, like you played bands like this. Like yeah. you, you've played bands that like why isn't this band incredibly popular? Like, why am I standing around with like 60 people watching like one of the best live bands I've ever seen? Right. You know? Right. And that's what this and show's that, about. I think. Yeah. It's surfacing it's like that a, stuff. It's like a forgotten band, but like the key to this band, like, and, and the funny thing about them. So I'd see them, they blow my mind I'd road trip to see them. I remember one show, I drove to DC from Charlottesville. It's a two hour drive. And saw him play in this club, like that was kind of unfinished at the time. Can't remember what it was called. And he had to, it was kind of cool. He paid like ten dollars, but you could bring your own beer in. <laughs> and I had an exam the next morning, and I was like, I'm going to see Thin White Rope. You know, it was like finals or whatever. And uh, it kind of propelled me into like a perfect state of mind. I actually got a B on the exam, which is incredibly high grade for me, but. <laughs> uh, they used to do an incredibly bring the house down version of you do right by can like oh, you yeah. bring them back out. Yeah. And the funny thing about them is like, a, you know, a few years later when I started going to England, I know I've mentioned Hall England before. It's, it's my favorite city in the world. And, uh, I was like, have you guys ever heard of thin white rope and thin white rope used to play there like once or twice a year. It was like at the Adelphia club that held 200 people. And like, cause that's like, you know, just like out pockets in Holland, like, American bands would just go to where they could find a hundred people that would love them because Thin White Rope were very underappreciated in this country. Right. And, you know, you talk many times about bands before their time and stuff like that. But, like, the thing that holds up for me with this band is Guy Kaiser, the singer, his voice is so haunting. And, like, I mean, I could play 20 songs of theirs and I just picked one. Like, I struggled, you know, to figure out which one and. But anyways, this is The Lady Vanishes by Thin White Rope off their last record. I believe it was released in 91 or 92. Uh, now I'm called The Ruby Sea. And tell me what you think. All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's get to the music. Thin White Rope on Three Songs Podcast.
I like that. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. Just a band I love. Love listening to them. There, I, I stumbled upon the cassette version of that record in the thrift store like uh, three years ago, and I had an old 2001 Ford Windstar. It's got a cassette deck in it. I was like, holy cow, what a treat this is. You know, to stumble upon this. And like, So I shoved it into my cassette deck, and I just listened to it back and forth on the way to work. Every song on the album is great. And then I went back and realized that I you know, just need to listen to a thin white rope more. So <laughs> that's about it. You know, one of those things like one of those things where you love a band, like reminisce about all the glorious moments you've, you've had seeing them. And like, like you mentioned before with bands, like wondering why, like, you know, the whole band out of time thing, like, I don't know if they were ever really meant to be successful. I don't, I don't even know if that was their goal. Like I, that's the way like indie rock was in the eighties or, independent rock or just underground rock or like whatever you called it because it actually wasn't even tabbed in new rock back then it was just like underground rock was like one of those things where like people just hadn't really heard it so like but there was bands out there like making records and touring and like then white rope was a brilliant version of right absolutely yeah i mean the goals back then were just to be able to sell out you know a 200 seat venue or not even a seat standards know. yeah right, standards yeah. just like get them in like play in richmond for 150 playing right, like right i mean a lot of bands are doing it now like a lot of bands are just like you know they booked in fact i'll play a short of on song just the band that's been around for 18 years later in the show but you know just like you know go where 100 people will turn up mm-hmm. 100 100 100 is a huge turnout for yeah. a lot of bands like right yeah. now there's a show going on in des moines on a Monday night, there'll probably be 40 people. There should be 200 people there. Like, there's three great bands playing. You right. Know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so, so so back then, you know, the the goal was maybe put out some records, sell out, you know, a couple thousand, do a tour, you know, not lose money, you know. Yeah, just pay your way. Right. But And there's, there's, like, so many bands doing that now. I mean, so many bands I work with, so many bands I'm friends with, and so many bands that make great music, and, like, you know, I, it makes no sense to me how, like, the lucky break works or, right. or anything like that. So, like, I encourage, like, anybody I know who plays music today is making, like, songs to just, like, concentrate on, like, just doing the best you can do, obviously. And, like, right. you know, if, if you can be, like, Thin White Rope and 15 years from now or 20 years from now, like, we're <laughs> played on three songs. We're still talking well, about it, yeah. Hopefully you'll do better than that, but, like, yeah. that... Then White Ropes made a huge impact on me. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they're a band that I was familiar with at the time. I think I heard, I can't remember which, but I, I think I even had one of their records. I liked them. I never completely got into them. Maybe it's because I didn't see them live. But uh, Yeah, because it was one of those bands. And there were yeah. so many bands that like right. that from, from our era where like, right. the live show was so much better Right. Then the records and the records are still great. But right. The live show was just like transcendent. Right. The you live know? show puts it over the top for you, and that's yeah. when you become a fan. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll, yeah. But, but even still, I have to go back and check them out. So so thanks. I appreciate that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> what are you gonna us, What are you gonna hit us with? Well, you know, I've got I've got another protest song, and this one Fantastic. is, you know, I mean, this is another quintessential protest song. I hope I'm not going to mainstream with my two, at least my first two. Um, oh, you've got a lot of room to go mainstream on this show, Mike. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been kind of obscure, so I guess I... I you played I, beef last week. I did. I played beef. 
I don't know if anybody listening had ever heard beef before, but uh, uh, yeah. So I guess I guess I'm I'm owed one. This is this is Robert Wyatt. Uh, of, oh, of course, pretty from, obscure in his own right. Well, somewhat obscure, but from Soft Machine. And if you know Robert Wyatt, um, there's a good chance you know this song because this is probably his, arguably his most famous tune. Certainly, if you're talking about protest songs, it's, you, you know exactly where I'm going with this. This is Shipbuilding, written by Mr. Elvis Costello. At least the words were written by Elvis Costello. And the word on this song, the background of it was, um, I think Clive Langer wrote the music, and he was writing this song, and he, he couldn't quite get the lyrics right. And I guess he was at a party at Nick Lowe's house and talked to Elvis Costello, and Elvis said, I'll write some song, or write some lyrics for it. And somehow it was never intended for Robert Wyatt. It ended up in Robert Wyatt's hands. He recorded the, ver- the original version, even though Elvis wrote it and later recorded it um, and released it. Um, this song is the original version. In my mind, it is the definitive version of this song. It's just a beautiful, beautiful song. came out in 82, maybe 83. Um, I don't think it was a hit when it was first released. I think it was reissued a year later, and it became a bit of a hit in England. Um, but let's just play it, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more afterwards. It's uh, Robert Wyatt Shipbuilding. Robert's still with us. Robert is still with yeah, us. He's 73. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a long-time marriage with a great artist named Alfredo Benj. And, you know, he's been in a wheelchair since the early 70s. He fell out of a fourth-floor fourth window, I think, when he was overly drunk. Um, was par- Always a bad move. Paralyzed. Always a but, bad move. Yeah, but the, the irony there is... He Stay on the first floor when you're hammered. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, although the irony there is he claims that saved his life because he was such an alcoholic that the, the accident kind of made him stop drinking. And if he, if, if he hadn't had that, he might have, um, you know just gone way too off the deep end and might not be with us so it might have bombed out right thank god he was around to record this version of shipbuilding yeah and and then some but uh but yeah beautiful song uh just it's just beautiful that's all i have to say let's listen to it thanks man then we'll talk about it a little bit robert wyatt
Robert Wyatt. Man. You know that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that show, that song, like, what do you say about that song? It just slays me every time. It's so yeah. beautiful, but so, so, so sad and cutting. And yeah. I mean, the first line, is it worth it? Just no. s- sits with you. You know, I mean, it's about, it's about the Falkland Islands War, and it's about these towns small coastal towns in England that were building ships to be sent off and you know the the kids from the town being sent off as soldiers to die in this war you know and they make the money from the ship build, building industry and they send their kids off to hopefully come back but many of them didn't and you know it's just such a deep deep song but such a beautiful protest song Oh, it's a brilliant set of lyrics, and it's just a brilliant. Its composition's amazing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it deserves its place. I think. I think you know, if it definitely has, it actually is a, a precious rare song that has gotten its just due, which yeah. is great. Right. It has. It has. But it's still one of those songs that, at least in America, like I don't. Like it's, no, I mean it, you can't expect everybody, but like I know, but it's 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 not up there. Like I I don't hear people talking about Robert Wyatt. You know, I mean, like we we talk about Just Do, you know, Big Star and Velvet Underground and these bands. You know, only ones even. You know, I'm gonna, it's not, well, not too long before it's got I play a better the place only, than ones. only ones. Yeah, well, maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> Another girl, another planet. Bands. You always like get me to diss bands. Yeah, uh, I love the only ones, man. You're yeah. you're, you're going to hear some only ones soon. All right, hit me with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can spank my ass whenever you want with your tunage. <laughs> I'm gonna and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and play some Daniel Johnson after that. For God's sake. <laughs> uh, a good friend of mine, Laura Anderson, who's worked with Daniel Johnson for years as his tour manager and merch person she asked me an interesting one of those like uh social media questions this week like somebody was on a feed and she's like you're a gambler bob like you know what's the best gambling song of all time and of course like you know whenever i'm in like an inane karaoke situation since i can't sing worth a shit i always think like Oh God! If somebody makes me do karaoke, then I've got to do like Kenny Rogers, the Gambler, and that's so. <laughs> anybody with no voice can sing that, okay? Which is a reminder to you, Mike. If you ever get trapped in one of those awkward situations where you have to do karaoke, then keep that in mind. The Gambler's the easiest song of all time by Kenny Rogers. Okay, okay so good to know. I do. I, I, I'm I'm a fan of uh, Run to the Hills. 
as a karaoke song. I'll, I'll consider that the next time I'm in, I'm in a desperate karaoke situation, but okay. I sure as shit I'm not going to ever try to do a version of this song. Okay. So I really thought about, like, for a second, like, you know, thought about it, I guess, over a course of a few days. And, and the best song about gambling to me is this. It's Daniel Johnson, Don't Play Cards with Satan. And, like, this actually, like, if you really think about it, this actually is a pro- protest song, and it's very... That's good advice, con- too. Concurrent. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, I think we've all played cards with Satan once or twice. Yeah, one way or another, for sure. Yeah, for me, probably, like, daily. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, so this isn't the best version. Like, the best versions are these, like, uh, the best version I actually have ever seen is on a, uh, Mike McGonigal put out a thing where he got an amazing, like, Daniel Johnson, like, never seen him in the live setting, like. I mean, I used to buy the cassettes like yeah. in, in the 80s yeah. and like, you know, I was amazed. Like Funeral Home, I've like, you know, I mean, whatever. Like the guy's written so many great songs. He's an American treasure, like, you know, Nina Simone or. Yeah. You know. For sure. I mean, like, and he's still going. I think he's yeah. going to play some shows. I might get to see him when I'm out in uh, San Diego for the, for the Breeders' Cup. I think he's going to play a show in L.A. on the Thursday before and I'm going to try to get up there. You know, he's got to worry about the traffic and shit, but, um, you know, I've met him a few times, but that's all beside the point. Like, um, yeah, he's a, he's out there of course, you know, but, uh, so I thought about it Laura, I was like, Laura, you know, one of your best friends wrote the best gambling songs of all time. It's don't play cards with Satan by Daniel Johnson. So let's <laughs> go ahead. And, so the version is the versions you can get versions on YouTube that are better than this, where you can actually see him like in his living room. And I think that's probably the, like, yeah. He's one of those artists that, like, obviously did his best work in his own living room or wherever the hell he was living, you know, like. So, well, anyways, he, go, ahead, go ahead and spin it, Mike. Let, let's play it and then we'll talk, yeah. Okay. Daniel Johnston, Three Songs Pod, here we go. Play cards with Satan He'll deal you an awful hand Don't play cards with Satan He'll deal you an awful hand Did I ever stop and tell you I am a desperate man I thought I saw a bluebird Sitting on a post Thought I saw a bluebird On a post Shiver down my spine I thought it was the Holy Ghost I heard the word before And I knew that 
The D and awful hand, Bob. Well, you know, the funny thing about that song is that the, the Bluebird reference has always been significant to me because the Eastern Bluebird, when I was a young boy, like the Eastern Bluebird was always a sort of a symbol of good luck. So mm. if you saw a Bluebird, it was going to be good luck, mm. you know. And mm. when he saw one, he, he thought he thought he might have seen one on a post. And, and, the, and he thought it was the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, Daniel. I'm, I'm trying to implore Ghost to step in and give us a bark, but like he's just sitting listlessly <laughs> on the edge of his wet porch. Mister Ghost has been a little quiet the last couple episodes, but yeah, he's starting to dig the show so much that he's not even getting involved. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Next time, uh, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a big. I, I don't know that song. It's strange because I'm a big fan of Daniel Daniel Johnston. I have a lot of his earlier stuff and. Um, I'll get yourself on the uh, on the YouTube, and there there's a there's a one really good version, like uh, with the organ, because like and when he is that he you know, yeah. I mean Daniel like is a uh, he plays a guitar live, but like when he when he plays like a organ, like 
or Ooh, even a that's where the power comes in yeah. you know yeah a lot of that stuff's really really awesome the early stuff especially you know because yeah, he was just re- recording this stuff in his basement in his home on a four track and it was it was all very simple and quaint and just him and it's lo-fi magic it was you know, i like, mean when we talk about lo-fi uh there are a handful of artists that leap to mind and daniel johnston is absolutely one of the three or four that i would think of immediately when someone said you know what is lo-fi music uh, well i mean i was in a band called silver jews and like we would never have existed if it wasn't for for daniel johnston yeah well and, and you know we never would have started the band yeah because you know, we're like hold on this guy's like doing this on cassettes like and he's right. just like right and we didn't have his like uh we didn't have his panat. We didn't have anything, you know, like what he had, you know, like. It, well, and and the thing was, he was doing it when there was no audience. He was doing it for himself. Nobody seemingly cared until they did, but it took a long while for them to care. He was putting the stuff out on his own. He was recording the stuff for himself, and you know, it was just it felt very pure in a way. And it, well, that, nobody's not going to tell you that he's not a strange bird. I well, mean, of course, but you know, and he's he's haunted, you know, yeah. and like uh, it, yeah. it hadn't been a it hadn't been a pretty picture for him, you know, and I'm just happy he's you know going to go out there. He's I think he tours with a cousin or a, yeah somebody like he's got some sort of management that like hopefully they're looking after him, you know, like right. I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I remember the first time I ever saw him was. In uh, 92, uh, we were playing Liberty Lunch in Austin, and I was like, oh, fuck, I've never been to Austin, Texas in my life, you know, and I was a huge fan of the scratch acid, butthole surfers, mm-hmm. and the dicks, and I was like, wow, it's amazing to be here, we like, we just played in Atlanta last night, now we're here, and like, yeah, we're opening for Sonic Youth, this pavement, and I like walk into the dressing room. The first thing I see is like uh, Brett from Scratch Acid had autographed the wall, and I was like, "Wow, this is like I'm, I'm in deep water here. Like this is intense, <laughs> you know." And I only when like we only knew like 15 songs, you know. <clears throat> and I'm worried about put propping Gary up on stage, and uh, I open up the dressing room door, and Daniel Johnson pops out, and he's like, almost like it's almost like a joke. He said, "Hi, how are you?" <laughs> and like that's Which how is, that's what we know for best. Of course, you know, like, the name of one that, of his like, best albums, right? Yeah, well, we know that we you know like at the time, like the radio station I worked for in Charlottesville, WTJU. Like the previous year, he'd done the T-shirt, and like he'd done one of his really great art things, where it was just like a some sort of freaky-eyed frog, the alien creature, and said, "Hi, how are you?" And like, right. Now I'm meeting this guy in 3D, and like, I'm a nervous wreck. Like, I basically have a like a pile of crap to put on on stage, and like, you know, and a set list to build, and you know, hell, hell, what what, what do you do? But like, it kind of made me feel like I I was like, okay, Austin's all right. This guy's here. And one of my favorite artists at the time, like somebody who I revered, who I still revere, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the only time I've actually ever come across him. And then, as I mentioned before, my friend Lori Anderson's worked for him for years and has a great relationship with him. And 
that kind of thing. And I guess I better get my ass up to L.A. and see him in, on yeah. a Thursday night. And He's in L.A. now, huh? Late. No, he's touring. He's going to okay. do like a little bit of a tour. And he's going to play an L.A. gig on the Thursday before Breeders' Cup. So I think it's like November 1st or something. Oh, Bob. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Three songs pod road trip for sure. Yeah. It's like Xyloris White. Like they're, right. they're going to play in Brooklyn, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. There's there's a spot on our uh, our couch or in our basement. You, you want that sounds it. good. You want it. Sounds it's yours. Good. Yeah. All right. It's nice to have a place to crash in New York City. Of course, of course. Yeah. Any time you mention it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play my last song is another protest song, and this this one's from 1980, and I know nothing about the artist. Uh, I just love this song. It's a song. Come on I, now, you gotta know something about him. I know is very very or little. He or she is a she or it's, a he. It's a he. I know very very little. Uh, oh. Yeah, I know. I I heard this song on a hip hop compilation a long time ago. I don't know. Um, it's early, like 1980, one of the earlier uh, hip hop tunes, and it's um, you know, it's 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 everything I like about a protest. Well, who the song. hell is it, Mike? It's Brother D, Brother D, and the Collective Effort. So if you, you know, know anything, where are they from? The, I think they might have been from New York, actually. Right. I, I don't even know. I think they're from New York, um, but uh, yeah, 1980, uh, just early hip hop. And why did you stumble upon this? It just just on a compilation. Uh, yeah, compilation of early hip hop. Um, just a fun tune, but the thing is, it's got a good, you know. It's got a good message, protest-wise. You know, it's it's it gives you a recipe. Here's the recipe right. for how are you going to make the Black Nation rise. This brother D called what? How are you going to make the Black Nation rise? There you go. There you go. Literally, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, three th- three songs podcast. Brother D and the collective effort. While you party down, young and shock the house. Get down, rock, shock the house. The two bus plan is on the loop. Training their kids in machine gun use. Okay, everything has its place and time. We can rock the house too as we shock your mind. Straight up, we can brag and we can boast. We just need to bring the butter for our breakfast toast. Look at all the things that can prove the point. Sisters in the distance, brothers in the joint. As you did it, the guys are so socialized. How we gonna make the black nation rise? D and I'm here to shed some light To bring the truth right on down to earth From where I once was out of sight But before I continue just let me say This is not my ego suit I sat down and thought and I wrote this verse In the interest of the group Come on my people Y'all, you know that ain't right Cause that hurts everybody, black or white When this cold game is no need Just move your body to the beat While it takes you home 
a rhyme You're moving to the rhythm but you're wasting time Stop and think, do you know what's real? Well let me educate you to the real deal The media is telling lies The devil taking off his disguise They're killing us in the streets While we pay more for food that's cheap And all you want to do is so socialize How you gonna make that nationalize? Remember the so-called Indian? Look what they did to him Maybe they'll do that to us They're the struggle, they're the win I mean, damn, get out of your seat Damn, get on your feet We say damn, and I will repeat We mean damn, we're tired of defeat Damn, no more sitting around We say damn, it's time for throwing down Damn, let's even the score Cause we're fired up, it won't take no more We're fired up, it won't take no more We're fired up, won't take no more Americans got concentration camps. While you're partying on, 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 and on, the others may be hot by the break of dawn. The party may end one day soon when they round the niggas up in the afternoon.
three ingredients, Bob. <laughs> Agitate, educate, and organize. Yeah. Yeah? That's, that's the key to everything, Ooh, right? There ain't much... How are we going to make the there Black Nation rise? There's, a, there's an, a 2 a.m. DJ in the world that wouldn't want to fucking play that. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fun song, and, you know... Oh, I mean, no, it's more than a fun song. It's, that's, a, that's... It, it's a fun song, and it's a serious song at the same time, which is rare. Well, they were having fun. Yeah. You know, and... The it, background singers are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great... Isn't it a good Woo! song? <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't. I'm sitting on a back on a wet back porch with ghosts. I mean, that. You know, did it I wake like, ghost up? I, I almost started. That's the closest I ever got to dancing on Three Songs podcast. <laughs> All right, <laughs> well, because you can't you can't set, dance a shipbuilding. That sounds like a challenge. Maybe I need yeah, to find yeah, a a, dan- yeah, a song yeah, that gets Bob yeah. dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Nina Simone had me dancing. Yeah. But uh, good, good, good. Yeah. No. I, I, Anyways, I, I'm gonna play a like song, song. Uh, by a band called Schwervon, a band that's been around for 18 years. They currently live in Shawnee, Kansas. Two-piece band. Good friends of mine. Nice. Good. Okay. I don't. I'm like I'm like Little Brother Records, the record label you you ran. I, I, yeah. I, my label is called Broker's Tip, and uh, I just oh. put out their seven-inch. And. Um, Whatever I'm sitting, I've been. They're running around with 150. I think they just sold about 50 of them on tour. They played like 18 Good. shows. Good. Good for and, them. And uh, we're going to England, and I'm going to DJ before they play. And oh, they're so good live, and uh, just a, a great, great two piece. There's so much to it. Uh, but uh, this is a. Uh, the B side, or the, the like, I like, I like to go old school and think that, like, when you put out a seven inch, you got an A side and then a double mm-hmm. A side. Yeah. Remember, sure. the, remember that old tactic? Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, so I reprised my label, Broker's Tip. We hadn't put out a record in a long time. Uh, the last record I put out was from a Louisville band called Speed to Rome. Before that, I put a Pale Horse Riders record, a band I played in with Paul Oldham and Chris Layton and and uh, my buddy Pete and uh, but anyway so I reprised my label because I was like this band's great and I want to put out their records and like maybe it'll give them a boost and I toured with them last last year in the Midwest we had a blast so this is Swerve On let's play it what's the name of the song Wrath of Angels alright let's hear it
I like What'd that. What'd you think, Mike? I like that. That's Thanks, good. Mike. Yeah. Yeah, broker's tip number three. Broker's tip. Yeah, broker's Ho- tip records. Horse racing reference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the fighting finish. That's right. The uh, Also, the only maiden to win the Kentucky Derby. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. 19, I've got what stickers. was that? I'll send you a sticker. 30, was that 34? Broker's tip number three, bro. No, 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 what year? Oh, when was that made? No, no, no. What year was Broker's Tip? Oh, 33 or 34. 33, yeah. I think. Yeah, okay. Jesus, you're going to come hit me with horse racing trivia questions. Come at this on, point man. I mean, it's important enough that you named your record label after him. I'd think you'd okay, know what sorry, year he won the Derby. Who the hell's little brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, little, little brother was just me asking Mike Watt, what should I name the label? And he was like, he was, you know, he's like, big deals for little dudes or you know he threw out yeah. like three or four names and one of them was little brother records and i was like okay yeah there you go. <laughs> i'll do it <laughs> there you go that's it <laughs> good advices yeah because like yeah you know I, I i'm a little brother i got good. i wasn't getting advice from a genius when i named my record label <laughs> i mean you know I, I had no clue what to name my record label so i was asking people that were smarter than me that was that was my approach always a good move yeah yeah, but no, that's that's good. Uh, you know, damn. If you come visit, if you come for Xyloris White, I guess the uh, the rent that I will charge for crashing in our basement or on our uh, couch in the living room is uh, is 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 one Shorvan LP or seven inch or whatever it is that you. Oh, raised. you'll get that. You'll get yeah. a Brooker Sip sticker. You'll get a DJ Nita stack. Um, Perfect. Forty five converter. Perfect. And, um, and what else do I have? I've got oh, I've got a great band from here called Odd Pets from Des Moines. I'm gonna put out their seven. I'm gonna put theirs is an EP. Nice. I'm gonna well, put theirs out. So whatever. So I know Good you're show. you're not into the themes. I like the themes. I think one of my themes is gonna be in the future. Uh, my favorite Bob Nastanovich songs or songs that you've <laughs> been involved in. So uh, you know. Oh Jesus, that'll really be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that'll, I think that'll Tighten be good. Up. I think that'll be good. But uh, I, mean, I could tell you three that are worth a shit. But well, you know, I mean, that's why I want you to play along, man. I want, oh, so I want you to tell me your DJ favorite. Anything to do with. I want you to tell me your favorite because you know we all have ours. So anyway, another show, another time. But this was fun. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, this is Three Songs Podcast. Thank you for listening. And we'll do another one of these in a couple days. So, uh, yeah, we will. Yeah. Check in. Yeah. Come thank on. you. I gotcha. All right. Have fun. <laughs>